So what I want to talk about tonight is the halachas of the tibur. Let's look at the tibur in Kriyasatara, in it becomes before and it comes afterwards. Because we'll see there are a number of halachas which answer well known, which are the khir of the tibur too, not just the balkari and not just the person's going there. So the first point is brought in the Gemara that when a person's carrying a sefatara, so it's a khir to stand. Just like we stand up when a Talmud Chacham is walking, uh, uh, based in a Rav or a Shishiva, or in terms of the Gemara, a Nasi or a Dain would walk past the person's Mukhif to stand up. So the Gemara says the Sefer Torah is not different. And obviously, Sefer Torah does walk, but if a person's walking the Sefer Torah, so then there's a Chiyav on everyone to stand up. Now, that doesn't just mean the people which are right next to the Torah, it means everybody in the same room. Just like the din of a, a Vestin, for example, that everyone can see it is Mukhif to stand up also. Which is why when both when they carry the Sefer Torah from the Arana Kodesh to the Bima and when they carry it back from the Bima to Arana Kodesh, there's a Chiv and everyone to stand. Wherever they are in the shoulders, there's a Chiv to stand. This doesn't just apply uh, in cases like that when we carry the Sefer Torah to lane. It applies regularly. Whenever a Sefer Torah is being carried, the same halacha applies that uh, people have to stand up. But when the Sefer Torah isn't being carried, for example, when the Sefer Torah is in the Bima or when a person is sitting with the Sefer Torah, so there's no chiyuv to stand up because the Sefer Torah is not in movement. And that's why the Shulchan Aruch brings that it's more chashev and it's to stand when the Torah is being carried, even though the Shulchan Aruch holds, the person does not have to stand during the Kriya Torah. During the learning, a person is allowed to sit and uh, he brings himself, that was the Minag, the Shulchan Aruch brings, that was the Minag, and uh, same thing, the Prichadosh and the Gafachayim, and many other persons who bring it, the Minag was to sit during Kriya Torah, but when the Torah was being carried, then it's admitted to stand. Not just when it's being carried, but during Hagba. During Hagba also the Torah is being carried. And never is a Chiyuv to stand up for Hagba because that's why they're standing up because the Torah is standing up too. Uh, the Gemara says, as we know, we'll go into the later the rules of it, but the Gemara says that the Gaidel Neutel Sarkulo, which means the person, the way the Maramah explains it, the person who gets Hagba, perhaps it's the biggest kibbutz, more than an idea. Is it Gaudel? Even though the Gemara says Gaudel, but he explains the Gaudel means the person who the unrolls it to, to show everybody. Mm-hmm. And why is it the biggest keyboard? So there are more explains. Why is it more than an idea? Here, the person not reading from the Torah is just carrying it. So he says, because since he's Oichas the Sefer Torah, he picks up the Torah, and everyone else stands up to cover the Torah, that's a bigger show of cover the Torah than getting an idea, which the person might read from the Torah, but doesn't have the same display of cover the Torah. What's fascinating, and not so well known in the Halacha, there's a Ramban on the Pasuk in Dvarim. When the Ramban says, and explains the Pasuk, as you know, there were tw- 11 Klolis that Moshe said towards Har Abel, and 11 Brachas said towards Har Grizim. And the last Bracha in Klolis Peh, the target is the Klolis, that Moshe said was, A person doesn't uphold the Torah. And that the Ramban writes, the Minag of picking up the Torah. That is a means to pick up the Torah, so everybody can stand up and Point to it, he says, and says, this is the Torah that we're accepting. And that's the Langvir. The person who picks up the Torah, then that's uh, being, he's being Makaim, so to speak. The person who's being Yachim, is Libri Torah, he's picking up the Torah and cause everybody to uh, declare allegiance, if I want to call it like that, to the Torah. So that's another time when everyone's Bukhiyah to stand because the Sefer Torah is being picked up. Now, this Salacha applies, like I said, not just to Kriya Torah, and where it's very Nagayana, it says it comes to Simcha Torah. 
you have simchas tayrah, you carry the tayrahs the whole time. So if you carry the tayrahs the whole time, then beikra din the arach hashalchem paskin zakas also. It's also to sit. When the Torah is being carried, everyone has to stand. So even if it's long like office, the Maya says that it's also to sit when the Torah is being carried. So what's that? So the Rosh Hashanah, he brings it down. He also asks him, it's also to sit in the Beis Medrash, where the Sefer Torah is being carried. He says, if it's to sit, they'll have to sit outside. Because in the place, where the, in the room where the Sefer Torah is being carried, the person is required to stand. But there is a Kula. And the color is that the din to stand is only in the same place that the Sefer Torah is. If there would be a Mechitza, for example, between the Sefer Torah and where a person is standing, or a person is, he'd be allowed to sit. It's not in the same place as the Sefer Torah. So, for example, the din, everyone has to stand up, and the Torah is being carried, that's not that, that's his notion. There's a Mechitza, they're in a different room, and therefore they're not Mechitza to stand because they're not in the same place that the Sefer Torah is. And because of that, the first thing say that we find in the name of Erevin, that a wall of people is called a wall. If we have an unbroken chain of people, it's called a wall. And therefore, if there's a full circle of people dancing around the outside of the Torah, then it's like a wall. And therefore, people on the other side of that can sit down because there's a mechitza between them and the Torah. Obviously, it's only the case when it's the Torah in the middle. If it's the on the outside, it doesn't help you. But if it's the Torah on the inside and everybody's around them, uh, then that's considered... That's considered a wall, that's considered a halachically viable mechitza, and therefore persons are allowed to sit down even though the Sefer Torah is in, in movement. That's what you say in the appeal of the Kippur, the Amcha Masivim Maisim Kachayma, that Amcha, Kayish, shall stand around them like a wall. They were in a full circle around something that's like a wall, which is halachically considered a mechitza, and therefore the Sefer Torah is no longer in the same rishos. So that's the name of standing when the Sefer Torah is being carried. Now there's a second din also. The din to stand applies to everybody. Everyone is in the same room. There's another din also, and that's the second din of Kavu to the Torah, and that is to be Malava the Torah, which means to accompany the Torah. And over here the Mishaburah brings the postkim who say that both on the Sefer's Torah's journey to the Aranakodesh, from the Aranakodesh to the Bema, and on the journey back again, it's a mitzvah to Malava the Torah, to accompany it, and who's a mitzvah halan, whoever the Torah walks past. So anybody who's sitting at an aisle next to the Sefer Torah, they shouldn't just stand in the Torah walks past. They should actually take two or three steps behind the Torah to show that they're accompanying it. It doesn't require everybody to walk the whole way to the Bimba. But if each person takes one or two steps in the accompaniment, then the Torah is being accompanied, so to speak, the whole way. And same thing on the way back. When uh, they take a separate Torah back from the Bimba to the Aaron Kodesh, then similarly, everybody who's, uh, who's next to the Torah should walk back with it some of the way as well. Specifically, the person who did the Hagbah. The person did a hagbid, and it's for, for sure he's meant to accompany the Torah back. To, he he just been holding the Torah. He's meant to accompany the Torah back to the Aaron Kodesh as well. Uh, that's the din of the second din of accompanying the Torah. I'll tell you another fascinating halacha which doesn't apply so much today. But this is a gemara, and that is in the time of the gemara, the shuls weren't protected, and they were scared to leave the Torah in shul. It's not like today we have safes and locks and whatever else it is. So they used to leave the Torah in someone's house where they could watch it. But that means when they wanted to learn, they had to bring the Sefer Torah to Shul uh, for the learning and then take it back to wherever it was being kept in safekeeping. So they wouldn't do it just before learning, at the beginning of Shabbos, before the Tefillah, they'd bring the Sefer Torah to Shul, but even the Naran Kodesh. And after they finished learning, so now they want to take the Torah back to wherever it's being kept. The isn't, but if that's what's, what's happening, we're taking the Sefer Torah back to the place it's being kept after learning, no one's allowed to leave the Shul until the Sefer Torah is first. And the Sefer Torah leaves first. Everybody has to wait for the Sefer Torah to go out first. 
and then everyone is admitted to, to follow the Sefer Torah to wherever it's going to be kept. In other words, the same thing of being malaga, to accompanying a Sefer Torah, so to go ahead of the Torah is not respectful, but everyone has to wait for the Sefer Torah to go first, and then accompany it as the same thing of being malaga a Sefer Torah, which is really where the minag of Hachansa Sefer Torahs came from. Because when you're moving a Torah in the street, it needs a livery, it needs to be accompanied. So maybe every time you move a Sefer Torah, it doesn't need a, 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 no, a musical accompaniment and uh, endless uh, bags of night, of for the kids, but the fact that people are meant to follow the Torah is a halacha. And therefore, when you're taking a Sefer Torah outside, then it's meant to be people should be going by itself, people should follow. Now, this applies when you're walking within the streets. Today, when most times they need to move a Sefer Torah, it's not being walked in the street, it's, it's being kept in the car, whatever it's going to be. That din of livery doesn't apply. And the reason is, is because if you see someone walking to the Torah Barabim, killed by himself, it's a lack of covet. Just like we always give the example, if you compare it to a God of the Torah, if you would see Reb Chaim making his way straight down the street with his stick, with no one around him, you think, what's going on? Like, where's, uh, well, where's everybody? It's not a covet to leave someone to go by himself, like God of the Torah. It's nothing applies to the Torah. If you see the Torah being walked by itself, with no one there, it's a zilzal. And therefore, if the Torah is being walked, everyone can see that, then there should be people around it, they shall be mechabedet. Mashiach, if the Torah is being held in a car, where no one can see that, we don't know that, so then it's not the same thing that everybody is mechabedet to follow. Okay, so that's the din of the first din, which applies to the tzibur, to stand for the Torah, and to accompany the Torah. There's another din also, which is brought as a minak by the Ramah, and this is an interesting discussion exactly when this was Nagaya and how it was Nagaya, and that's the minak to kiss the Sefer Torah. Uh, the Ramah brings the minak that there were no yagim, the Sefer will pass, they would, be, they would kiss the Sefer Torah, the Ramah actually brings this minak twice. The one time he's talking in every normal case of kiss the Torah, when the Torah walks past, he's meant to kiss it, and it's brought specifically by Yom Kippur. Specifically by Yom Kippur when Bakal Nidra, in the second of the Sefer Torah, so they specifically take it around the whole shul so everybody has a chance to kiss the Torah, and uh, in the Tefillah Zakah we even talk about that. So the day in Nishra, Kachilvak Sefer Torah, should be a kapara for anything we've done wrong with our mouth or with our hands. What's the significance of kissing a Torah? So then it's also considered a sign of respect. It's also considered a sign of respect, and we see this in Chazal. Chazal Torah is a midrash that there's a kiss of closeness and there's a kiss of respect. It's two different things. So, for example, in in, in Tanakh, we find that when Yaakov kisses Rachel, it was a sign of closeness, whereas we find other times when kissing was a sign of like giving honor to something, and therefore the idea of kissing the Torah is also a sign of respect. Now. How should a person kiss the Torah? Mm-hmm. So, it's brought down in a few sfarim. It's interesting that they were worried that if everyone kissed the Torah with their mouths, it could be a source of infer- like people could get sick if everyone touches the Torah with their mouths. And therefore, they became a minak to kiss the Torah with one's titus or one's hand or whatever it's going to be. Um, even though the Maya says that those posts can say that there's no mahalach in touching the Torah and kissing your hand. It doesn't do anything. And if a person wants to kiss the Torah, so they should kiss the Torah at least with the Talis. Not, not to touch the Torah and kiss your hand. So that person would say that there's no significance. Why, why is that a difference that makes a difference? It's not called kissing the Torah. Yeah. So if there's any to respect the Torah, someone wants to kiss the Torah. But to kiss it with your hand or kiss it with your tongue? No, no, the Talis means you put your Talis against the Torah and you, you kiss the thing with your Torah. Ah, you put it against the Torah right. and you kiss the Torah right. with, kiss the with your Talis in the way that it's not going the person would be worried they'd get sick from kissing the Torah. I see. Okay. Um, there were, I've never seen anybody do that. You say yeah. they hold out 
Right, so that they bring that uh, that's not really called kissing the Torah, it's by the Rizal, it's by the Yav, it's by Ephraim, others, that there was a merit to kiss the Torah. Um, the, the question when it came up to Batu Yashiv and Hashem Zalman Arbach about is maybe it's not healthy to kiss the Torah, you don't get germs like that. So it's interesting, Hashem Zalman Arbach wasn't a problem. There's no, it's not a real Sakon, no, it's not to worry about. If someone's on love, it wasn't the problem. And Yashiv used to kiss the Torah without touching his lips to the Torah. So close enough that it looked like he was kissing it without actually touching it. So it wouldn't be a... It would, it would look like it was a the Torah even without, uh, even without actually touching it. So that's a denim which applied to... It's a denim which applied to transporting the Torah. What's also brought down is that a person should bring their... Like that's because it's very difficult to reach it. You know. Same, but if it doesn't amount to anything, so what are people doing? No, the Pashas and Mashimah says if a person can't go to the mouth, there's not a kiss to touch your head. It isn't or it is? Uh, Pashas is not. In other words, the way. But by Mazuzah and by Tefillin, in many areas we do do that. But then you have to kiss it for each other. I understand, but the person does by Sarah, I said that. Ah, so the Shah. The Shah talks about it, and he, he says that, uh, by, that even by Mitzvah, the Shah Shukas Yad, he says by Sefer Torah, you meant to kiss the Sefer Torah itself, not, not for not kissing your head. That's the Makar. Because you have a better way to do it? Right, that's what the Shah brings. So maybe it's an error where people are afraid of Could be. That's what we said before. That you're right. It's like having a high wall. You're right. It could be if it's like a chashash. Um, that's what I said. And they asked Rav Shalman and Rav Yashiv about it. So Rav Shalman held it wasn't a problem. Rav Yashiv held it. Kiss near the Torah. Then you have to actually touch the Torah. When it came to... As we said before, that you can touch kids at three or time, this is for sure a good idea, 100%. But it became much more practical when Corona came, because then they're much more worried about a transmission of, a, of illnesses like that. And then again, if you attack a be a chashash, then either person should kiss it through the talus, or just kiss near the Torah without touching the Torah directly. Uh, it's also brought to the person to bring his children to kiss the Torah, because that also teaches them about Abba's Torah. Okay, so those are the minhagim which apply to carrying the Torah. Now... Well, I get to get, get near enough to the terrace. So it's not, it's not the yeah. That's the that's the first end of the tibur. The second end of the tibur is let's look about. Is, is there any problem with shows that walk past limits of a If they walk, they are, if it's a place where they're walking in front of the mechitza, so then the chayr is not a problem. If they're going to walk in, then it's not a problem. For sure, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not the man. There's no man to walk between women. Okay. And if he walks just along the machitza on the lady's side, but in the lady's side? No, that's a shy. Once it's a separate rishos. So we have a din before that the person isn't meant to take the Torah out, out of the place where it is for nothing. But bottom line, it's not a problem for a woman to kiss a safer Right. In Simchus Torah, I've been asked that a few times about a show with of course, the mechitzah is up, so because I just want to see, it's mutter to carry the Torah next to the mechitzah, so the ladies can kiss it. It's fine. It's nice of the lady kissing the Torah, but to take the Torah into the Zenoshim, which is a separate rishos, without a reason, that's more of a shadow. Okay, that's the din of kissing the Torah, or, or following the Torah. The next thing I want to talk about is the din of hagma and glitter. Like we said before, that there's a man in doing hagma. It's the Godel Shemak Bia, it's the biggest source, and the Ramah says because. You pick up the Torah and everyone stands up with the Torah too. Now, it always goes for less when they auction it off. I mean, uh, yeah, people don't know the Torah. Now, when the way the Shulchan Aruch sets it up, there were three separate kibbutzim. There was the kibbutz of carrying the Torah, which is Hagra, 
There was a key word of doing the inner, which we have today as well. It's basically the point of the greater, like the Mishabur explains, it's very explained, Shulchan like this, is only to assist the Magbir. It's his mitzvah. It's his mitzvah to figure out the Torah and to close the Torah. But it's very hard for a person to hold that Tzichayim and firstly close it properly at the same time when he's trying to balance it. And afterwards, how are you going to get something to, to tie around it when you're meant to be holding it? And therefore the Godel is like the assistant of the Magbir that he's going to uh, help him wrap the Torah or cover the Torah, whatever it is. And then the Shulchan Aruch has a third, a third job also, which the Kabbalim don't know because the Shulchan Aruch says clearly you can sell this. And that is passing the mantle to the to the goyla, the person who's putting the cover in the sefer There was a keyboard of giving the taking it off the vima and giving it to the goyla to put onto the Torah. Now, and he says that the goyla can't complain that this is this is my job. He says that's not your job was to cover the Torah. This person bought this chus to give you the cover to put on the Torah, which is where the shulchanah brings us to. But the goyla doesn't have a right to complain. Inside, it sounds very strange. It says yachol mishayirts the liknes lahoshet hamelil lagoyla. A person can buy this chus to be moishet the meil, which is the cover to the person doing glila. And the goyel can't complain because after he's acquired glila, even though he bought glila, he didn't buy the, buy the racks to take the cover to put on on, on the tire. To so, put the cover to the goyel. So to pick pick up the cover to give it to the goyel. There's no title for that person. Well, we don't give it to anybody. But if we, should, if we give it to somebody, we make a title for it. Yeah, so there's another kibbutz, 100%. Um, why would they do that? Like we said, the girl is there to help him with beer because he can't do it by himself. But the, the girl is very able to pick up the cover by himself to put on the Torah. Why would he sell it as another kibbutz? And uh, here the, the post can say, Revim Hadras Melech. The idea that there's three people involved, not two people involved, so just like Chris also needs three people. Like, you know, there's the person who's the Balkari, the person who's the and we have to have a third person also. It's the Tekhshlosha. So we do the Hagwood process with Tekhshlosha also. The person doing Hagwood, the person doing Glitter, and the person giving him the, the thing to do Glitter with. So it's a Ravim Hadras Melech, and more people are involved in the mitzvah. Like I said, the Kabbalah don't know this, so they'll be able to say it. It's uh, the Shachmanah passing, it's a separate kibbut. Okay, so that's the dinner of, of who's involved. Now, the point of doing Hagwood, like we saw, is that people can look at the Torah and declare allegiance in the Torah. Because that's the Torah, Shachmanah, 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 to do that, you have to see the ksav of the Torah. To look at the cleft and the back of the Torah and point of it is nothing, we want to see the ksav of the Torah, which means the writing of the Torah. And therefore the job of the Magbir is to do Hagbi in a way where everybody can see it. Whereas a lot of people who do Hagbi, either just pick up the Torah and sit down, which is not Hagbi, because no one saw the Torah because they didn't turn it around, or what most often people do is they pick up the Torah they turn to the one side, they turn to the other side, and they sit down. And it's also not a haggle, because it was directly in front of them, they never got to see the ksav. The, the way the Magbir's job is to show the ksav to the whole tzibur, which means he has to stand up, and ideally the way to haggle is to do a full circle. That way, every, if you turn around the whole way in the circle, that way everybody sees the ksav, and then you have the to haggle. If you, for some whatever reason, wanted it in two half circles, then at least you must make sure to do the half circle far enough to the side that everybody can see from whatever angle they're going to be. Okay, so that's the then of being married the ksav. How much does a person have to see the ksav? So it's probably he has to see the letters. Does he have to be able to be close so that he can actually read the letters and read or read the words? That's really a machlokus. As long as I can see the ksav of the Torah, is enough. It does a machmir to actually close so they can make out the individual letters. But either way around, the point is that a person is here to hug without that. And the raya, the samran, bani came from before. 
When the Ramban talks about the mitzvah of Hagma, he says, Vizem mitzvah al-kal ha-anoshim v'hanoshim. It's a mitzvah on all the men, and it's a mitzvah on all the ladies. Now, the ladies are normally too far away to see the ksav, especially there's Lashem in the big shul, but they can see that there's the ranking. Even if they can't make out the letters, that's enough for Hagma. By the way, the Vedashiv used to ask him that the ladies are mechuyuf to look at the Torah of Hagma, it's in Parashur Ramban. Vizem mitzvah al-kal ha-anoshim v'hanoshim. And then we said in the shul that the ladies should pick up the mechitzah so they, they can see the of the Hagba. And as I'm a anything else, so looking to the men's section, but for Hagba, yes. And I have a story from one of the sons in those that uh, his daughter, being a little daughter, listened to her father, and she picked up the Mechitza to see Hagba, and the Gabba came to edit her, like, what's, what's going on in this place? Like, you're picking up the Mechitza in the middle of the and she went back to her father, and she said, it happened. So he said to her that, okay, the Gabba's no more, next time you're going to do it again. And uh, he held it as like a heel for ladies to watch to see the cemetery so they could, they could see the hyper. Interesting. That's the sardine. So the mitzvah to see the ksav. There's a mitzvah to see the ksav, as therefore the magbir has to show the ksav to everybody. Now there's another problem also. The shachalim of Paskans that the way to do hagba is that the person has to pick up a sefer Torah that he can see it too. That he can see it too. And that's normally pick up a Torah because if a person picks up the Torah in front of them, so then the ksav is facing them. But if a person doesn't pick up the Torah high enough, then Be'etzim, if he's picking the Torah on his body height, he's blocking the Ksav because it's facing him, so no one can see it. Which is why a person has to be like, be the Torah higher so that people can see the Ksav. So he's not blocking the Ksav, they can still see the Ksav of the Torah. It's brought that a person's not meant to do Hagar backwards so that, because then he's facing the back of the Torah, so he can't see the Ksav himself. As we do on Even though those people don't see the Torah, if a person wants to do it, the right way to do it is to pick up the Torah the right way around, so that way I can see the Ksav also, and then turn my hands around, that I can show it to, I'm showing it to everybody else without, without moving my body. I'm just turning my hands to show it the other way around, which is if I pick up the Torah like this. So I'll turn my hands and turn the Torah around both ways. It's much more difficult because what they normally like to do is they start with their hands turned like this, and then straight away they turn the Torah, which means they never saw it themselves. That's not the right way to do it. If, you, if a person wants to do the Hagbar against the Torah, it's picking up straight, and then turning it around. You want to have your hands crossed and pick it up? Even that way, but then pick it up straight first. And then... Yeah. That's also okay. But then ah. uh, you don't start like that. You, you first pick it up, and then you turn it around. So I, that I, the person I, can see it himself. The other point, how much do you have to open the tail? So, it has to be enough that people can see the except. Normally we say that's three columns. It's a normal thing that person to open it. There's no method to open it so wide that you, that you, can, that you have to hold it like this. Eight, nine columns open. I don't know, maybe it's a risk to the Torah. As long as it's open three columns, it's enough. People can see like that. Um, the the Mishabur brings down that even though we said that Hagba is the biggest chus, so there were always people who wanted Dafna to get Hagba. So the Mishabur said, but you have to be careful because if the person getting Hagba isn't strong enough to pick up the Torah wide enough that people see it, and he's, just, he's a weaker person, an elderly person, and he just picks it up and sits down. But no one still looks up, so you weren't, you didn't do any, didn't help anybody by giving him hagbah. He, 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 he didn't show the terror to the tibur. So we need somebody who's able to open the terror wide enough that people can see it, turn it around in a way that everybody, wherever they are, in whatever position they will see it, and that's the limit of hagbah. The that the that's uh, we said the chiyuv and the schus of showing the terror to the tibur. And like we said, the way to do it and how person to do it. Now, with the dinner of the Godel, so the first point is it's brought that when the person does glitter, he should do glitter in such a way 
that the seam of the Torah is in between the two Atzichayim. The reason for that is that if we scale it, the Torah will rip the two parts, so at least it will rip along a seam, which we can just stitch together again, and then Chasisham rip across the parchment and then destroy all the letters. Can, can parchment rip like that? Uh, so now, that's a very unusual thing to happen. Again, the Shulchan Aruch says it, but it's, it's very unusual because when the Torah is folded, rolled together, and it has something around it, and it's protected by the cover, the fact that it's being held tightly in place. So the chance of it ripping is not so strong, but nevertheless it's considered that it's brought in case it does, whatever it gets pulled apart. So then we'll tear along a, a place where we stitch it together, not tear it in the area, we do it like that. Uh, the only time I've ever seen a case of Torah being torn was when a person did Hagwa. Because when a person does Hagwa, then they take a pull both sides to, to balance it. And in all the Torah where the where the stitching isn't strong, they can pull the stitches apart, uh, which uh, we once saw in all the Torah. That's that what happened. The person that had pulled it apart to hold it strong, and the, the stitch in the middle basically came apart. Okay, it doesn't. Of course, we have to fix the Torah. But if it, if what happens is the stitching tore. We just restitch it in exactly the same place, and the Torah is kosher. There's another din which comes, which is brought in the Gemara and passing Shulchan Aruch regarding the Torah. And that is, a person is not allowed to touch the Torah with their hands. And so consider the zilzal to the Torah to touch the cleft of the Torah with your hands. And when this is very negative, it's for the person doing that. Because very often, if a person opens it too wide, then as he starts to, to close it, then the parchment the, the falls backwards. So you want to pull the sticks together before rolling. Right, the same thing happens. It falls back. That's why you want to pick it up. So obviously, you, know, just, you can't use his hands. So either if he's wearing a titus, use a titus. Or you use the... The 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 garter they use for zivutar to pick the ter- to pick it up. There's no attachment to your hands. I get the kaiyach the gemara. It's a gemara and it's passing shochner chosa. That the gemara says that if a person touches the cloth with the hand, that is this was for the mitzvah. And the reason for that is is because the mitzvah was to mechaber the ter. If I'm touching the cloth with my hand, so then it's I'm 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 showing a lack of respect for the ter, which my person not meant to touch the cloth with their hand. Same thing obviously when a person gets nadir. When you point to the place, you don't mean to touch the cleft. When the person's following along, you don't mean to touch the cleft. It's considered a lack of cover to touch the cleft of the Torah, which is why they have a yad, or sometimes they just follow from the top without touching the cleft. Now, there is a data that holds that that's why we have that tzichayim. The reason why they put the two rows, the two sticks in the Torah is for people to hold it. Because if it was just a cleft, so you wouldn't be able to turn it, you wouldn't be able to roll it, you wouldn't be able to hold it. So that tzichayim would to be held. And therefore, we want to hold that tzichayim, that's the point of it. As for example, when it comes to a Megillah, very often a Megillah doesn't have a tzichayim. And the reason is because we pass, and there's no Isra touching the cap of the Megillah. It's only done by the Torah, one can't touch the top of the Torah. So a Megillah does need a tzichayim, I can hold the Megillah itself. Whereas by a Torah, because I can't touch the cap itself, so then I have to have something to hold it for, for a tzichayim. But there are Mechmirim who hold, you don't have to touch that tzichayim either. So, uh, how would they, how do you see what was a person like that do? So you'll see that the people when they get an idea, they they put their talus over the atzichayim, they hold it through their talus. So they're not touching the atzichayim with their hands, they they're holding it with on the other side of their talus. Uh, we don't have a problem if people with the idea want to do that, but the same people if they get hagvul would want to do hagvul the same way, which means put their talus with atzichayim and hold the atzichayim through the talus, which is not a good idea because you lose your grip. If you're holding the eight time itself, you have a grip in the Torah. If you're holding it through a talus, which is, you're not holding it, it's much more likely in the Torah, you don't have a good grip in the Torah. And of course, it's much more important that a person holds the Torah properly 
then he's being machmir not to touch that tzichayim, which is pashtus, isn't even such a tzad, because he, that's what they're there for, to be held. Sending a simchus tzad, when a person's holding the tzad, you hold it by that tzichayim. From someone to try and hold it with something else over that tzichayim, basically losing your grip on the tzad, it's more of a chashash, as a person might drop it. So that's the dinim of, of the, that's the first of the goyal. Now, the, the second, the last thing is, what's the dinner of the tzibur during Kriya What's the dinner of the tzibur we spoke about? Technically, forward and backwards, we spoke about the dinner of, of Hagbang dinner. What's the dinner of the tzibur? Not the person who's learning or the, Valka, or the person who got to the idea, but the dinner of the tzibur during Kriya So this is very interesting. Because we'll see that this is a big machlekes. It's a machlekes during the Gemara. And, and that is, it's a machlekes during the Gemara. And the machlekes is, is there a chiv on the entire tzibur that doesn't occur as a terror? Is there a chiv on the entire tzibur that doesn't occur as a terror? Or is there enough that there are 10 people listening? Because we have to have 10 people, we can't do Christ without a minion. Is there an obligation on each individual? Oh, so that's the question. Is there an obligation on every individual? Or is there an obligation on the tzibur? And before, unless you think it's a, well, wow, in the world would we have it said that it's not an obligation on the tzibur? So I'll give you a very real example, which is a halacha lemaisa. It comes to simchus are we reading the same as Desa Bracha ten times? Does everybody have to listen all ten times? Well, we already heard it once. Oh, they're learning against you in the idea. So that's nothing. Whoever's around the beam, ten people are listening, and everybody else can learn quietly in the back. Or no, they're learning the Torah, and everybody's mechuyev to listen, because if they're learning the Tibur, you have to listen to the Torah. So this is a big discussion. What's the Chiyav of the Tibur to listen? Is it a Chiyav on every individual? Or is it only a Chiyav that you have a million listening? And if you do, that's enough. Now, on this we have to differentiate, because there's a big difference between the Kriya of Shabbos morning and all the other Kriyas of the week. The Kriya of Shabbos morning is a Chiyav to hear the whole Torah. So we have every single parasha, we read the whole parasha, and the person is a Chiyav to hear. It's like it's a Chiyav Shnai Mikra. So the person is a Chiyav to hear the Kriyas of Torah from a Sefer Torah also. There are a lot of Shayas which come up if a person didn't hear the Kriya, he's a Chiyav to go to a different shul to make it up. First of all, we'll talk about next time. Uh, what the, 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 the Chiyav to listen to the Kriyas of Torah. But as we're talking about now, so when it comes to Shabbos morning, there's a Chiyav as a Chiyav to hear the whole parasha. And when it comes to that, so then the only makam there is to be makal is bamaftir. Because I've already heard that. You already done shvi. So I heard them I heard those psukim already. Now as you're printing them a second time, so then this will be the question, are you mechuyev to listen? If you have an uh, you know, there's a whole similar to listen, or only is it enough that the ten people listening? But the same thing will apply on Mondays and Thursdays or during the week on, or when you're Rashkhaidish or times like that. When you're reading the Torah, but it's not something which you you won't read anyway because it's part of the regular grace of Torah of the year. We're gonna read it either way around. So is there a chiyuv on everybody to listen, or not? It's a chiyuv on that the, there's ten people listening, and where would this be nagaya? Lots of cases. Number one, if a person what, is, is holding behind in davening, can he carry in davening? I'm in the middle of tachanun, and they already hold my grace of Torah. So they have to stop and listen to the grace of Torah. Okay, so I want to finish tachanun. If there are enough people listening with that, so I'm going to carry on davening. Do I, or, no, the grace of Torah, I have to stop and listen, and it's more also for me to, it's also for me to, to daven while they're, they're doing grace of Torah. Another, another option which comes up, it's also brought in the Shulchan Aruch, we'll talk about, and that is, it, well, let's say, um, someone asked me a halacha shayla, so I need to look up what to do. Am I allowed to learn, look, look for the answer while they're learning to see what the, what, the, what, the, what the meant to do, or was it asked me to do anything else while they're learning, because I have to listen to the learning? What about if I already heard Christ Let's say I was early a minute, I heard Christ I came now to this minute because it's my mitzvah, so I came to wish him out, so they're only holding Bachamishi. And I'm going to listen again because they're reading the Torah. I just heard it a half an hour ago. Or not going to learn on my own because I don't need to hear the Kriya, I already heard it. Or if I'm in the shul where they're learning, I have to stop and listen. What's the dinner of the Tzibah by Kriya 
Um, so that's those are some of the shaders. Um, similarly, what's the dilemma? Are, are people allowed to go out during Grizzatara for whatever reason? Or, in other words, is it, or is it an issue for me to go outside while the Torah is being read? And that the Hashem uh, says that the dinner that the Oizve Hashem Yichlo, it's a punishment. If a person leaves Hashem, they'll get destroyed. And that the, the Pasuk says it's talking about a person who's Yotze from the Basak Nessus while they're busy learning. The kid that shows them, I'm, I'm abandoning Hashem, he's busy talking to me through the Torah, and I walk out, that's uh, deserving of punishment. And that the Shachnarach says, it's only while the Torah is being laid. Between that years, it's not a problem. Right now, they aren't actively laying the Torah, so there will be a problem to go outside during between that years, but during an idea, that's also, it's also to go outside. Now, like we said, is it mutter to, to do something else, to learn, or whatever I'm going to be doing, while they're learning, in a case where I'm not mukhuyev to hear the Kriya? So we're going to see next time, as Hashem, there's four different opinions. Where, what's motor, what's also, that's what we'll start with, and then also after we'll talk about the khiyuf of the, of the tibur to listen, or whatever the tibur misses the word, or they weren't sure what they heard, and the dinner of Shtayimekra, which is part of the khiyuf of the tibur. It's like the khiyuf is, the tibur is a khiyuf to the Torah, the khiyuf is a tibur to prepare for Christ the Torah by reading the parish twice every week. That's part of the khiyuf of Shabbos morning, which we'll talk about next time. You know, the khiyuf of the tibur to listen to the Torah, the khiyuf of the tibur to hear the whole Torah, and the khiyuf of the tibur to have prepared for the Christ of Torah by doing Shtayimekra in advance, so that basically so we know what the Torah is going to tell us. That's the second part of this halacha, which uh, times out, I will talk about next week.